Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 37 degrees here in cloudy at 308. On this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, the Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, how's everybody doing today? Just want to wish my eldest daughter, Kaylee, a happy birthday. She turns 22 today. It's been a big, uh, January is a big uh, birthday month for us in our house. I guess my daughter, my wife's birthday was two weeks ago. My birthday was last week. My brother's birthday was last week. My daughter's birthday's today. My youngest was uh, the end of December. So we're all kind of close packed in there. Except for my son. He's in March. He's the latest. The latest in the year. But happy birthday to my daughter. She's out at college, her last year of nursing school, doing clinicals this semester. So uh, enjoying it. Going to the different types of departments around uh, and getting a feel for what it does. She always has, already has a couple of offers for when she gets out. So it's a, it's a great it's a great skill set, great, great career. And I'm looking forward to watch her pursue her career and, and goes as she grows. Uh, if you follow me on social media, on Facebook, you saw I posted a couple of pictures of my daughter with me testifying in Harrisburg to change the laws in Pennsylvania when she was a child. And that's how she started her career, uh, changing the life, making it for the better for students across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And now she's looking to do that in the healthcare industry as she moves on. So I wish her the greatest of luck in her career. Lots going on today. We got a lot of guests. Of course, Tuesday, we have Tommy Marquez coming up at four o'clock our Veterans Affairs senior staffer in Congress, giving us uh, the most up-to-date information. I know he has been in Washington this uh, last week, into this week, so I'm sure he's got some uh, updated information there. And we're going to have Rear Admiral Paul Becker retired. He was the Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He's going to talk about a whole plethora of things, including what's going on in the Middle East as we wait for a response. And uh, the more we wait, the more this... Uh, this isn't going to have the effect that we need it to have, uh, especially when you have administration officials and leaks coming out saying, well, we might do a multi-tiered strike by striking this, this, or doing this and that. Basically giving Iran a heads up, hey, these are the things we may strike so they could take mitigating precautions so it's not as damaging as it is. So they can say behind back channels. Hey, we're gonna. We may or may not hit these types or these class classification type things, be it a ship, be it your infrastructure, be it your cyber world, be it your financial industry. And we're just giving you a heads up because we don't want this to escalate, because that's this seems to be what this administration's mantra is after we're being attacked 165 times, over a hundred. United States service members injured, five dead, and multiple with traumatic brain injuries, and some of them unconscious still. But they're going to say, well, we don't want it to be an escalation. And Iran's through back channels, of course. And this is just my summation of what's going on. You know, let's project the things we might hit out there so Iran could take mitigating factors. So it's really not a blow to them. We could say we did something, they can act mad, and in the end say death to the infidel. And that's how this works behind the scenes. But 
we're going to talk to the expert there. Um, as per the family members of the three soldiers that were killed in action, the president has not spoken to them. And as per one of the families, they said that they're being required to fill out paperwork before the president can make contact with them. That's where it was left out. That, that's where it was left at. So I will leave it at that. The mere fact there hasn't been a call already, the mere fact there hasn't been contact, the mere fact that the president can't answer unequivocally if he will attend the return of the remains is disgraceful. My opinion. But it is. But we're going to talk about that more in depth as we move on. Uh, I did get some questions yesterday about background checks for school board members. At the end of this hour, I'm going to have that answer for you. And play a little information that may or may not surprise you. So we have that going on as well. And we're going to talk about a whole plethora of other things. Maybe play some audio for you, because this is radio. That, again, may or may not surprise you with some other ongoing targets, topics, and such. Uh, the president did say today, while he was boarding Marine One to go to a campaign event, one of two, one of this one in Florida, that he's done all he can at the border. And if you think, through what you're observing, you're reading, and you're seeing, that that is the truth... I'd love you to, for you to call in and explain that, the, yes, the president has hit his limit. He's done everything he could possibly do at the border when the laws uh, have not changed a single iota since the last administration. And when he was asked directly, is whatever you're planning in retaliation for the death of our three soldiers going to stop Iran? His answer was, uh, we'll see. That doesn't express a uh, sense of confidence. It's pretty sad, actually. Doesn't portray a sense. Yeah, I have it right here. Will your response deter more attacks in the Middle East? Biden's response is, we'll see. Not it better not absolutely we'll see so I guess we will see he has authorized whatever response is going to come and we'll see what that is and again we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we move on later uh, looks like Scranton school district officials plan to address gang violence to beef up school security in the wake of recent related gang activity the acting superintendent, Patrick Laffey, said at a Monday board work session that the district is looking to provide training for students and staff on student violence and gang-related activities. Now, I've said from the start, this is going to take a holistic approach. Everyone needs to have a stake in this game. It's great to see the Scranton School District do this. I know they've been provided funds for other issues that will free up funds for better safety measures, better cameras, better security hopefully more sec more security. But as a holistic approach, this cannot just be the Scranton School District. This 
just by knowing what's gone on over the past couple of weeks affects Wilkes-Barre area, Old Forge, Nanticoke, Mayfield, Scranton. You're talking about multi-school districts, and there needs to be a multi-school district task force, work session, whatever you'd like to call it, you can, where everyone needs to be on the same page. Everyone needs to have the same information. Everyone needs to be on the lookout for the same things. This can't be a piecemeal issue. We've seen our law enforcement work together seamlessly. We need our school districts to do the same. We need our court systems. We need our sheriffs. We need each school district to get on board if we are going to combat this gang violence. Now, there's been limited information out there for whatever reason, and, and I trust the district attorney, the state police, and the Scranton police on why that is, specifics. But without specifics, what are we telling school districts to look out for? Are we, are we just going to give them general instructions on you know, whatever there is out there? Are we going to give them a general overview of gangs that may or may not be working on our area? Or are we going to give specifics? These are the specific problems we've identified and we have. And we'd like all our school districts to work on this with us, notify us, work hand-in-hand with us. We've often seen, not necessarily in our area, but I have seen it in our area and especially outside of our area, where law enforcement and school districts don't work with the same interest involved in, in in sync. When it comes to this, when it comes to someone walking around with a rifle in the vicinity of a high school, when it comes to shooting at houses, when it comes to multiple school districts or residences across our Northeast Pennsylvania, everyone needs to work on the same page. Everyone needs to get involved. When there's something in a certain school district, maybe they need to notify their surrounding school districts and every other school district, especially when you look at the history involved here where one or more of the people that have been arrested in the past weeks have jumped around from school district to school district. So I applaud the Scranton School District from being the most prominent and taking the lead here, but every school district in our area needs to jump on board with this. They need to work together. They need to sync their assets, their resources, their intelligence. They need to share information as well as law enforcement. Law enforcement needs to be forthcoming. And I understand as you expand that bubble, you have more of a chance of things getting out, more of a chance of things being twisted, more of a chance of rumors spreading. And, and that's why it needs to be transparent and upfront, where law enforcement, our judicial system, our social service systems, and our school districts need to work together. Because there's obviously a problem here. We have a situation where an officer is ambushed and shot critically, thankfully still alive, and then just mere weeks later, someone showing up to a neighboring high school with a rifle. Ages as young as 14 and up have been involved. So we're talking, you know, middle schools, high schools, that all need to work together, not independently of each other, they need to share information. Now, I applaud each separate school district from using the resources they have to beef up their observation skills, what teachers should be looking for. But there does need to be direct guidance to all school staff, all bus drivers, all support staff. 
make no mistake, our bus drivers are out there and see a whole lot. Don't take that for granted. Our school cafeteria workers see and hear an awful lot. Let's bring them into the loop. Let's tell them what to look out for. Let's put them on our early warning system, and if need be, get law enforcement involved and work seamlessly with your school resource officers and local law enforcement. Send a message to the communities that gangs will not be tolerated. Send a message to parents. Supervise your children. Know what they're doing, because gang activity will not be tolerated. We will have zero tolerance for that. Every school district in Northeast Pennsylvania should be sending out a sternly worded memo, and I don't care if it's in their policy handbook or what it is, saying that we have zero tolerance for gang activity in our school systems. And it needs to be a collective effort. But I, get, I applaud the Scranton School District for taking a lead here. Our county government, our local police departments, our townships, and each school district needs to get on board and work here in a holistic manner. And that's uh, the opening statement on that. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 35 degrees and cloudy at 324. Um, remember, you do have the second meeting today for the Pennsylvania Water Authority rate hikes. They had a meeting at 1 o'clock today. If anyone went to the meeting at 1 o'clock today, you want to call in or text in, please let me know how it went. Let me know what, does, what was discussed. What feedback you got? I'm going to talk a little bit about more of it just before the 5 o'clock hour. But just remember, there is another meeting at the Scranton Cultural Center today at 6. So if anyone went to the 1 o'clock meeting, want to speak on it, uh, let me know. I'll give you a little touch now, but I want to remind people just before the meeting again. But listen, this is, this is a, in my opinion, looking from the outside. This is an organization looking to shoot high, knowing that would be pushed back on so they can find somewhere down in the middle where they wanted to be more realistically. And even that middle, if you look at the rate heights that were there, is is high. So somebody text in uh, on the water rate hike hearing, I hope someone mentions the fact that the water is so saturated with chlorine that it's undrinkable. Should at least uh, pay for my water filters or pay for bottled water if they want an increase. Uh, I'm on a private well, so I can't speak to that, but if, if you have that information out there, water is treated. So we'll see uh, We'll see where it's at now. Let me see, we have uh, Joe from Plains, who was at the water meeting today. Joe. How you doing? All right, so tell us what went on today, one o'clock meeting. Well, there was probably a couple hundred people there, the two hours, uh, it's probably still going on right now. Two hours wasn't anywhere near enough. Uh, most of the first two hours was uh, testimony by uh, politicians. You know, a lot of the uh, area politicians were up there for their constituents. Um, and two private citizens um, got a chance to speak, made a lot of good points. They did point out, you know, how uh, undrinkable the water was and that you know, most of the people at the, at the front table from all the agencies were drinking bottled water. Um, but um, there was a lot of good points. Um, the company didn't look good. You know, they talked about their profits, uh, how much uh, uh, Pennsylvania American Water made over the last two years in profit, and they keep coming back to the uh, consumer to pay for things that they want to do in the future. So, I mean, there was a lot of good conversation. 
there wasn't enough time for me to speak, but one of the things I wanted to speak to, are you still there? Yes, where's, I'm listening. Okay, one of the things I wanted to speak to was uh, the I- irony that a lot of the people speaking for their constituents were the same people who voted for the policies that made inflation get to the point that it's at. You know, so now they they made they caused the problem, and now they're saying, well, what are we going to do to fix it? And it's the same thing in the schools. They caused the problems, and now they want to have, like, all, all this uh, emergency stuff going on, like, how do we fix it? And it just seems so ironic that the same people um, who who vote in a certain way all the time uh, are the same ones that are out there right now saying, you know, they're, they're like chicken with their cut, their head cut off. They, they can't find enough to do to fix all these problems. Yeah, some of the questions I would ask is how much they got in, in, tax, in tax money to, for infrastructure replacement. They're asking for all this money from their rate, from their rate payers. Um, did they put in for any grant money? Has any money come from them as far as infrastructure part, as part of this administration's infrastructure plan where they told us they were going to rebuild all these things and, and talked about you know, specifically Flint, Michigan, and helping their water systems? I mean, what about the water systems here in northeast Pennsylvania or across Pennsylvania because it's a large company? Um, I would like to know those questions, you know, how much money they got there, what they put it for, what it was used for, and, and why do they need to depend on the rate, the rate payer? for these infrastructure improvements. That should be built into their capital expenditures. They should be saving for that normally. And there was a lot of money thrown around infrastructure-wise that that I'd like to know exactly what why was it used. If they didn't get any, why so? If they didn't apply for any, why? Those are the questions I would ask if I was on that system. Yeah, and I, and I wish I would have uh, had the uh, insight that you have on that, but I didn't hear anybody talk about um, any federal dollars going to, toward any of the uh, things that they want to do in the future, um, but um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, people who were in the room didn't get a chance to speak, and I'm not sure how they're going to handle that. I had to leave. Um, uh, I know Frank Scav. I was still there waiting for his turn, um, but uh, yeah, that that was the point I wanted to make. All right. Well, I appreciate you checking in and telling us what went on. And again, I encourage anyone to go to the meeting again at at 6 o'clock. It sounds like this one is still going on from 1 o'clock, or at least potentially. And if if you're just getting out of the meeting, check in. But, Joe, I appreciate your input on this. All right. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Um, Rob, the American Water Company, when they purchased this water company, had to know that it was over a 100-year-old system, that it was old and ready to break. Um, I agree. Somebody else says, I think the water company does a poor job. When you buy a utility, when you buy anything, your capital plan to maintain, improve that needs to be built in. I don't care if you're a homeowners association. I don't care if you're buying a building. I don't care if you're buying a company. What's their infrastructure? How old are their computers? When do we need to upgrade these computers? When do we need to upgrade the desks, the chairs that people are using? Where do we need to upgrade our meeting facilities? Can we do remote meeting facilities? These are things you take into consideration when you look at the profitability of a company or when you look to have property. Now, this is this is a utility company. If they're not eligible 
for infrastructure grants that have been given out left and right. We hear, see it all the time. I mean, we're, we're, we're giving private businesses in, in, in our area money to redo their facade, to bring business back. I mean, there's a ton of money out there that's been thrown around. Was any given? What was it used for? How much resources did you put into getting some of this grant money that's out there so you could not put the entire burden on your ratepayer? And what's your capital reserve plan? What's your what's your portion that you've been putting away? You keep buying all these separate water companies. I mean, they started off small and they kept buying other water companies. They kept buying municipal water companies, private water companies, and wasteful companies, and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well. It, what was your corporate outlook? What was you realize when you're taking on these entities, you're also taking on their infrastructure. You're also taking on their capital replacement debts. If you didn't plan for that properly, maybe somebody else should take this over. Maybe somebody else should look to step in. I'm not all for you know government getting involved in these things, but they need to. They need to manage these things properly. And I understand they're not a public utility, but they're taking public utility infrastructures. They did take over uh, municipal water treatments and supplies. And if they are a for-profit company, then those are the some things you take in, like I just listed for a company. If you take over a company, those are the things you first look at. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 35 degrees in cloudy at 338. Looking at some uh, information. It says, uh, we're talking about poor water that people that our people are drinking, and hikes is, is a travesty. If water quality is that much of an issue, I'd like to see townships and your municipalities, our counties, and even the state get involved with testing different areas uh, to see if everything's on the up and up and hold this company accountable. Looks like the uh, some more local news I want to get into. The state auditor general is concerned about the Wilkes-Barre pension funds. State auditor general Timothy DeFore made uh, public last week that his office most recent audit of the city's aggregated pension trust funds for the years 2000 through 2022. The audit determined that, in all significant respects, the fund was administered in compliance with all applicable, applicable, <laughs> um, applicable laws, regulations, contracts, and policies, except in uh, three areas. The firemen's relief, police relief, and non-uniform pension plans were inconsistent with third-class city code, and the city failed to comply with the previous audit recommendations to correct the situation. The mayor disagrees on whether the city is in violation of state law. The aggregated pension fund is compromised of five separate pension plans. The three the auditor found to be in non-compliance as well as plans for police and fire hired before July 8th, 1976 when the relief plans were credited. Mayor George Brown says his administration has taken steps to improve the health and the funds and disagrees with the auditor on certain aspects of pension law related to what parts of the employees pay that third-class code allows to be used to determine the pension. Significant source of concern covered in the audit had to do with the cities, including police officers' overtime in calculating pension payments upon retirement. 
a practice that started under the previous administration and that has been ongoing for many years. The Auditor General's office contends that only regular pay amounts should be used. The city's practice has been to calculate the police officers' pensions based on their final 12 months of pay, which includes all overtime accumulated in that period during the current audit period. And that's not uncommon when it comes to municipal pensions for first responders. So I'll just throw that out there. So it appears there's a clean audit except for those three specific areas where there's a disagreement of how it's being calculated, and I'm sure will be worked out. That's uh, for Wilkesbury. For Lackawanna County, it looks like uh, the Parks and Recreation Director for Lackawanna County has been demoted. Art Moran, this happened yesterday, 62 of Scranton, said the Chief of Staff, Brian Jeffers, gave him the view news shortly after he arrived for work, Monday morning. Did not give him a reason, just said his last day is Tuesday, said he was offered a starting maintenance position and he plans to take it. I got to work and he let me know that it was over, Moran said. I don't know why I didn't ask. Jeffers declined to comment, of course, because it's a personnel decision. Moran described himself as disappointed. I put a lot of time and work into making our four parks work well, as well as they do and look as well as they do, he said. Gohan and McGloin said the move does not signal dissatisfaction with Moran but as part of the effort to move the county in a different direction. Commissioner Chris Chermack, the Republican Minority Commissioner, said he wasn't sure why Moran was demoted. I like Art, and he did a good job running the parks, Chermack said. See, this is where, and I understand there's a majority. I, I understand McGloin and Gohan is the majority. But this is something that should be discussed as a whole. Now, Chris Chermack is not going to overturn their decision in any way. But it just shows that it's more the same old, same old, doing things without, you know, letting everyone else know before it's done, finding out after the fact. And that's the kind of games here in Lackawanna County that people don't like. You know, what would it have taken for them to say, hey, Chris, can you come into our office for a second? Yeah, this is what we're going to do. Well, I disagree with that. Well, we, there's two of us, there's one of you, you don't have the votes to do anything about it. We're just letting you know we're keeping you in a loop. This is why we're doing it. We'd like you to be on board with it. If you're not, it really doesn't matter because we have the majority to do it. I'd respect that more than, hey, let's just do it and let Chris find out about it afterwards. So it, it goes to, and I, have, I had high hopes for this to be a little different. They promised different, that transparency, remember that? And it appears that that's not the case. So back to the same old, same old in Lackawanna County politics where... It doesn't take much. It's the professional thing to do. There's three commissioners. Yes, he has no say in overturning what they want. I agree. But let's be professional about it. Let's call him in. Let's sit down and say, hey, we just wanted to get you in the loop on this. This is what we're doing. Do you have anything that may change our mind? We're, we're, we're here to listen. All right, well, you didn't persuade us. So we're going to move forward with this. We just wanted you to know. That's the professional thing to do. That's the way these things are supposed to work. Obviously not in Lackawanna County government. So keep up with more of the same old, same old. And uh, sooner or later, the people will get sick of it. Sooner or later. They just get sick of it and vote a new crop of uh, 
what's the word? I don't know. Let you choose the word. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 340, almost 347 here. Let me go to the phone now. We have uh, Joe from Edwardsville on Iran. Joe. Yeah, Rob, how you doing? It's nice talking to you, man. Um, <laughs> I would have called yesterday, but I was in such a lather that I would have given Jake uh, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome trying to hit the dump button. Uh, well, I appreciate that. So does Jake. <laughs> I would, yes. I, 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 I try not to make this a burden on you guys, but I would have cussed. Trust me. Um, this, this, it's all, oh, we can't escalate. We can't escalate. We can't escalate because we'll, we'll, we'll start a broader war. Um, just to step it back a minute, that's how we wound up with the situation that we have in Ukraine because they, the Russians invaded, the war started, and we had to be very careful about how we, provided them aid because, well, the Russians have nuclear weapons. We can't escalate this. Well, if that's your approach, then you've already had the war, and they won. Now, that's what's going on with Iran. They are, you know, doing things, and five already service members dead dozens injured but we don't want to escalate this over a hundred injured joe over a hundred over a hundred god in heaven oh rob this hurts my head 165 land-based attacks on our military assets and you're looking at 39 now at our on our naval assets in the the red sea and the the canal but we don't want to escalate and don't get me wrong i was a blue star dad Back in the Gulf War, my son did a tour in Iraq and Qatar, and that was the longest year of my life. But, and we've discussed that before. Uh, But it's, if to to uh, try and shy away from escalation, well, that's hey, that's that's how England wound up in World War II, trying to appease. Germany, because well, we, we, we don't want to piss them off. It's just going to go ugly. Yeah, no one wants war, but when it comes to your door, you hit them as hard as you can. Exactly. And and to have to try and talk about um, proportional response, if you punched me in my nose, well, then I punch you in your nose, and then we're even. We were even before this started. What I need to do now is to push you back so hard that you don't want to punch me in my nose anymore. I need to punch you in your nose and once in the solar plexus. Maybe a kick to the berries so you get the idea. Because this, we've, we're, it's, it's a surrender before the war starts. Don't get me wrong. I do not want to put America's children on the block, especially with these nitwits in charge of of you know, running a war. But this is just going to get worse. Well, as, no as per the press one. secretary, the, you know, it's, it's folks serving our administration. That's our service folks members. Folks serving, serving our administration. administration. 
No one serves this administration. This administration is supposed to serve us. There is that that just tells you how out of phase these people are with what's supposed to be going on in this country. As Abraham Lincoln once said, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. They are 180 degrees upside down on that. It's people serving the, the, the wants, desires, and dreams of the people in power. That was why we had the revolution, because, no, we were, no, you're going to do what we ask you to do. And it's, it's ridiculous. And as you always do, you also brought up, you know, a couple of other things while I'm listening to you, waiting for my turn, uh, the water uh, uh, company and the commissioner's race. Um, these things, and I'm sorry, I just need another minute. As far as the, <laughs> the commissioners go, when the Supreme Court comes down with a decision there's the majority opinion, which is now that's the answer, but also we leak out, you know, what was the dissenting opinion if it was a 6-3 decision. Well, here's the decision and here's the dissent. Uh, but we never get that on these commissioner things where they decide things and then the other guy has to go running to local media to try and get his point out there. Well, hey, wait a minute. Why haven't we heard the dissent? Just uh, an, an aside on that. And as far as the water company raising their rates goes, back in the day, shortly before Pennsylvania American Water bought the water company from Pennsylvania Gas and Water, I worked for them. And it, this is, we're still paying for uh, the coal barrel. These were the water barons. I was on a job once. We were down in a hole 17 feet looking for a water main. And I asked my crew chief, why are we, why, why is this thing 17? He says, well, back in the day, you know, the crew chief would tell guys start digging. Then he would go fall asleep drunk in his tent. And it wasn't until he woke up and said, okay, yeah, now that's deep enough. Lay the main. And so now we're still paying for the guys who got rich and ran nuts on these things. And you're absolutely right. When you bought that, you knew what was going on. But it's this is the way it's going to be. The government has to pay for the infrastructure. So this is all going to come back. It's going to accrue to our detriment. We're going to have to pay for it. Wow. Those were three wildly disparate subjects. But the primary <laughs> is we cannot you just because you don't want to escalate is not this is not the way to handle this thing. And this is huh, is this gonna fix this thing, Mr. President? Well we'll see. The the answer is supposed to be, well you're damn right it is, because we're gonna hit these people so hard, they're gonna their children are gonna be born dizzy. Yep, it better, or else we're going to have a quite large, quite large parking lot in the middle of Middle East. And that would have been if we that in the if we'd done that in the '80s, we wouldn't be in this mess. Just like, and this is you know history echoing down the ages. 
when Patton said, why don't we fight the Russians while we get the army here to do it? We know we're going to have to do it sooner or later. And, and again, with, with Iran, you know, it was, was when Ronald Reagan was inaugurated, <laughs> the hostages were already on the plane. Yep. to come home. Well, Joe, I got to wind it up because I got the Bloomberg coming up in eight seconds, but I'll tie everything you brought up together, all the different topics. Government incompetence. Government incompetence. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 35 degrees at 358. Well, I got a question yesterday. Do school board members need a background check? I have that information from you from a solicitor uh, from the Pennsylvania School Board Association that they put out. So we're going to play that vid- video now from a solicitor talking about that very subject. Probably. Well, that's pretty much it. And that's coming from the Pennsylvania School Board Association, one of their solicitors, saying that they do not need background checks. 